0: up there and welcome to the Savvy Entrepreneur Show. We are broadcasting here on WLCB 101.5 FM from the greater Chicago, Milwaukee area. I'm your host, Doris Nagel. I'm a crazy entrepreneur myself, but more than anything, I love helping other entrepreneurs. I have made so many mistakes over the course of my journey as an entrepreneur, and I've also been a consultant and an advisor to a number of small businesses and i've seen mistakes they've made as well as those my friends have made so the show really has two purposes first is to help share information and resources maybe i can help just a few of you out there listening in maybe make not make some of the mistakes that i've made and that i've seen along the way the other purpose of the show really is to inspire I know I'm always inspired by hearing stories of other entrepreneurs and being an entrepreneur can often be pretty lonely. I think um, discouraging, you know, confusing. You, you have no idea if you're on the right track or not. And to help with both those goals, I have guests on my show every week who are willing to share their stories and their advice And this week, I am uh, delighted to have with me as a repeat guest Tom Still from the Wisconsin Technology Council. So, Tom, uh, welcome to the Savvy Entrepreneur. Thanks so much for being with me again today.
1: Oh, thank you, Doris, and uh, thanks for all your great work over time with the Savvy Entrepreneur.
0: Well, it's it's a delight, and. you know, uh, your introductions in the past have uh, connected me to some amazing folks in the Wisconsin business and startup ecosystem. And um, so I'm always happy for a chance to uh, to return the favor. But in this case, um, I know we both want to talk about the annual governor business plan competition, which is always exciting and I think has grown um as the years have passed but you know before we start out with that why don't you just spend a few minutes talking about uh what the uh, wisconsin tech council is and some of the great things that it does
1: well thank you doris well the the tech council is organized as a 501c3 so in other words an independent um bipartisan nonprofit, and we're there for a variety of reasons uh we, we got up and running uh, really basically in 2002. So we're just a little more than 20 years old. We've always had a public policy role in terms of consulting with uh, members of the state legislature, members of the executive branch, others, you know, our congressional delegation as well. So we've always had that policy advisory piece that has been core to what we do. But we, we also spend time working with Tech companies of all descriptions, but especially young tech companies, to try to get them connected to resources, investors, uh, just information they need, uh, exposure, which is yep. all important with young companies, as you well know. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, so that's uh, that's that's uh, you know some of the core things we do, and we have a we have a number of programs as well.
0: Well, and one of the ones that you're probably best known for is, as I alluded to earlier, the um, annual Wisconsin Governor's Business Plan Competition. How did that get started?
1: It uh, it started in 2004. That was our first year. So we're actually entering year 20 on that. And it wow. began with uh, conversations with our board members, with uh with others who were in and around the, the sort of the world of entrepreneurism. Um, w- one of the early people who helped uh, in terms of thinking about this uh, was Aaron Olver, who uh, at that time was connected to uh the state of Wisconsin, but now he runs uh, university research park in Madison.
0: So wow. Aaron and
1: I, yeah, Aaron and I brainstormed a bit on it and and our board members as well and decided that it was a, it was a need that had not been filled in Wisconsin to date, uh, and it took off with, uh, you know, a number of sponsors and some basic uh, outlines for how to get it accomplished.
0: Yeah. Well, how has the program grown over the years?
1: Well, over time, uh, we're now, I, I believe at this point, we're close to 4,600 entries over the Wow,
0: 4,600.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty big number and, uh, um, and numbers alone don't tell the story of course. I mean there's there's quality too, but, but we're <laughs> getting up there and, um, and and it's not just what you might think you know the the bigger tech towns like Milwaukee or Madison, there are something like 330 plus individ, you know unique communities that have had at least one entry over time. Um, Over time, they've shared in pretty much about $2.5 in cash and service prizes. So, yes, there are prizes. Uh, Nice. And and investment opportunities, because many of our judges happen to be angel or venture capitalists. Uh, Mentoring, uh, just the feedback they get from judges. And then exposure, because, you know, we try to do things to put them in front of of uh, people who who might want to hear more about what they're up to i know you've had some uh some guests from the from the contest on on your show over time
0: i have and they are i will tell you universally and i don't know if this is because uh i don't know if they uh, most of them were finalists or semi-finalists uh, or right. winners and uh, to a person Wow, are they impressive and articulate and to the point? And I don't know if which, whether it's a chicken or an egg thing, whether they were successful in the competition because they had so polished their story and really cl- clearly, carefully thought it through, or whether the competition and the coaching they got helped them get to that point I'm I'm really not sure which maybe a combination of both but um uh yeah I think we'll talk in a minute about uh you know some of the successes but well I guess we could talk now about some of the successes um I um I know Karen Renee from eCourt Reporters who um I don't remember did she win or semi-finalists a couple times but um yeah folks should go
1: Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, she was a finalist and um, was one of our category winners. And, yeah. and so maybe a little more definition of how, you know, what the contest looks like might be helpful for your listeners. We, well, we absolutely. Four, four categories of advanced manufacturing, business services, information technology, and life sciences. And so, Karen. And eCourt Reporter run, won the uh, the business services category in uh, in her latest year, and so so that's uh, just one example of how how we do it. And we, you know, with your chicken and egg analogy, I think we start with some pretty pretty smart eggs, and they <laughs> and they grow into even better chickens over time.
0: I think yeah. So it's a an iterative process, but. Um, wow um you know karen is just so articulate and i really encourage folks to um you know she's she just has got her value proposition and how she helps her uh target customers down to a fine art so i encourage folks to go back and listen to the podcast episode of the interview i did with her another uh another person who was uh super impressive was Bree laughlin uh who i know is also um one of the semi-finalists as well i believe yes yeah, she was actually a finalist
1: and and by the way we define finalists as anybody in the top 25 okay uh, and then the diligent dozen um is a subgroup of that and that's the that's a group that presents on stage at our wisconsin entrepreneurs conference which will take place this June in. Uh, milwaukee it is uh you know when you noted that some of them are so articulate and and polished uh again you know they, they probably started out that way in life as far as i know but at the same time they um, they do get that feedback and we do do practice sessions with them as well and so by the time they hit that stage in uh you know in june they're they're ready to go. So I'm not surprised at all that Bree was also a yep. great guest.
0: Yeah, her uh, p- folks might want to check out her uh, podcast of Nurse Disrupted. And um, I want to say, too, the, guys, the, the two guys that are uh, the team of Novomoto, weren't they part of your competition at one point? As they well? were.
1: Yeah, they were, and they were grand prize winners. I believe it was uh, 2018. And uh Novomoto is is basically a platform for providing low-cost solar energy to replace things like diesel generators. And they were doing this in Africa. Yeah. That was the initial uh market. And Amazing. Um, yeah, they were they were really a great team.
0: Yeah. Well, again, yet another podcast, I hope people go back and listen to, as well as the one That's out there um, earlier with you talking in more detail than we're going to cover today about Mm -hmm. the Wisconsin tech council and some of the uh, programs and, and uh, ways, many ways that you help people. So so circling back to, to the competition, um, who's eligible to enter? Anyone
1: who is start starting with age 18 and older. Now, by the way, let's say there's a high school team that's just, itching to enter the contest if there is uh, at least one 18 year old uh, in that team that goes also be entered um you know business plans from individuals from companies uh, you know as long as they're in wisconsin although in the past we have also accepted entries uh from other places you know illinois is a great example so long as uh the people who entered uh would, you know, stipulate that, yeah, hey, if I, if I win, I want to, I want to move
0: to Wisconsin. So, uh,
1: add, you know, a recruiting piece as well.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, and yet that reminds me of yet another uh, competitor that was a guest on the show. Um, the, um, the team from My Genome RX. Uh, I think one of them is in Wisconsin and one's in Illinois, I think. So, um okay. That's they were able to enter that. That's a great story, too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They had a foot in both states. But other, you know, sort of entry qualifications, they have to be able to, dis- to demonstrate that the the technology that's behind their plan is theirs. Meaning, you know, maybe they've got a patent on it or a patent pending or a trademark or. Whatever it is, it, we we just want to make sure it's their their tech that's behind it and not somebody else's. I mean, for obvious reasons. Yeah, um, we we have some um, guidelines around how much money they could have raised from angel and venture capital up to the point where they entered the contest. The reason for that is we want to have a fairly level playing field. We don't want you know heavily financed companies uh, competing against you know people who are basically novices but have a great idea and a great plan yeah Um, so it's um uh, and and our website is um govsbizplancontest.com all of these all of these kind of criteria are spelled out the the one that sometimes causes the most um you know head scratching would be oh do i qualify with this money piece well basically friends and family that's okay um you can have money from friends and family and, and not, not be disqualified for that. You can raise uh, money from sort of grants resources like uh, small business innovation research grants. Uh, You could have uh, raised other, you know, dollars from, uh, you know, other types of grants. So it's, um, it's, it's not, it's not designed to be Prohibitive in the sense that we don't want you. They, you know, we're trying to keep all money out of it, but we're just yeah. trying to keep that almost what I would call professional level of money out of it.
0: Yeah,
1: and and just again for keeping a level player playing field. Oh, by the way, you can have accelerator money.
0: Oh, so you, interesting.
1: Yeah, and, and, up to a and, certain
0: sorry, certain. Go ahead. Point, but yeah,
1: up to a certain point in terms of dollars. But at, at the same time, if somebody's been through an accelerator, well, they're you know they may want to get involved.
0: And you know, what about things like convertible notes? I know um, a couple of companies I've worked with have done some funding rounds. I-, I would call it more, the way they did it, it was probably more um, expanded friends and family kind as opposed to profess. So would something like that be still allowed too?
1: It depends uh, in, th- in that case, I mean, Most convertible notes, as you know, are ultimately convertible to equity Right. for for people who take equity in the company. Right. But, um, you know, sometimes it's, um, you know, it's going to be some other situation that, uh, you know, I just urge them to maybe call in and and ask about it or send us an email. Uh, our, Our contest administrator's email is all over the website. And uh, it's a great question to ask because not every not every situation there is is going to be the same.
0: No, and as you kind of alluded to, um, entrepreneurs are pretty darn creative in terms of uh, we all need money when we're starting out, and some of them some come up with some pretty creative strategies <laughs> to yeah. find ways to bring resources or money in. So. Uh, if if you have questions and you're interested in applying, by all means, reach out to Tom or somebody on his team from the website. Is there a deadline? Have we already passed the deadline for applying for this year?
1: Oh, no, but we, we are approaching it. Thank you for asking. The deadline is January 31st. And so right up to 1159 p.m. So just before the stroke of midnight, uh, people can still enter. And. Again, it's pretty—you know—it's pretty easy to do. So you get on our website, the GovsbizplanContest.com, and you fill out uh, just a, something about yourself, and you can start pretty much right away. in, in terms of tackling the plan, it's free to enter; it doesn't cost you anything other than your time. It, it's about 250 words, not exactly, but right around that. And I say it often boils down to. Really kind of four things what's the problem you're trying to solve? what's your solution, your innovation? what kind of competition do you see out there that could rub up against you? and finally, how are you going to make money off of it? you or and or your investors and so that's that's the four main things. it is a business plan contest. it is not a technology contest so we're not expecting people to to describe how the clock is made when all we want to do is have them tell us what time it is
0: uh, it doesn't
1: have to have to be so technology heavy until maybe a little later you want to see more but it is a business plan contest and in essence it's a writing contest because when you only have 250 or so words um they better be good words chosen carefully chosen carefully and spelled correctly and yeah. Put grammatical sentences, you know, all that kind of good stuff. Yeah, just, the-
0: just distilling it down is, uh, that's an art form. If folks haven't haven't taken an attempt at that, it it's hard to write something meaningful, meaty, and yet very short and to the point.
1: That is so true. And our judges, by the way, are people who are lar- largely in that been there, done that category. They can be investors. Uh, and I think we've got fifteen or so judges who are in that world. They can be people on, you know, who have done company formations or have managed companies up going along the way. People who maybe are um, in the law world, the legal world, but work with tech companies, startup companies. People who might be on, you know, in the finance world, same thing. Uh, folks who are sector, what I call sector experts. You know, they may be really good around medical issues for example or software issues yeah
0: well so you know one of the advantages it seems to me i mean obviously a chance to get feedback on your idea it doesn't cost you a dime other than your time Uh, but the access to these folks you know with years and years of experience and just be able to have a name to connect with and reach out to and get feedback from has got to be a really valuable piece of being part of this competition.
1: And, and in addition to those judges, we have mentors that oh, includes that's
0: different. I didn't realize that.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, that's become something we build built on in recent years, but uh, perhaps not the last time we talked. The mentors come from uh, organizations like the Center for Technology Commercialization which is a group that really exists to help people in terms of grants, especially things like small business innovation research grants. So um, if somebody's in that world, and those grants, by the way, come from, can come from 11 different federal agencies. If somebody thinks they've got something in that world, the, the center can help. Uh, a number of mentors come from SCORE. So it's, um, it's, it's been a good thing.
0: Hi, Caliber team of folks is there any limitation on the kind of business i mean do they tend Do your applicants tend to be more tech or are they doing social good or retail or service businesses or just all over the board a little
1: bit all over the board and in this sense um we it is you know, there's got to be some sort of tech-enabled piece about the plan. Now, that doesn't mean you can't be in a very traditional business. You mentioned uh, retail or restaurants or tourism. But if there are some things about the plan, and, and the plan, it's more about innovation than tech, but if there are some things that, you know, that technology enables that innovation, enables that creativity, that's... That, that's kind of all we're looking at, you know, for that. I mean, so there's the, the, the categories are deliberately broad and we do that so that um, we can attract, you know, all the kinds of entries that, that would like to take part. Yeah.
0: Um, well, to, and technology is such an important piece of um, if not starting a business, scaling it, that probably doesn't eliminate too many. Although, yeah, I don't know. Maybe main some main street businesses, but maybe if you're creative, maybe even then you can figure out a way to
1: right. And you know, with a main street business, it might be a vision that how that goes. You know, beyond your own main street into many other communities' main streets. So, yeah, it doesn't necessarily uh, you know limit that at all. The there are. Oh I would say it's like I said it's it's a writing contest at first it's a business plan contest and third a technology contest the one thing uh, we don't often see a lot of entries that advance too far when they're nonprofit entries
0: Interesting Sometimes it happens if,
1: uh, if you know sometimes those judges can can take a look at that but generally you know we're looking for for profit businesses that investors and others uh, might take an interest in and then move it to the next
0: level so talk a little bit more about how the competition process actually works sure oh excellent question
1: again that deadline is january 31st up to the very end of the day the 250 or so words and we get entries in those those four categories and from there um First thing we do is try to make sure that, you know, those entries are in the right category um, in the sense that and we wouldn't move it unless we thought it might help that particular contestant. And, you know, sometimes people get aren't really sure and that's okay. Then we assign the judges to review the plans in each of those categories. At the outset, those judges are assigned to a specific category. So, And we asked them coming in, hey, what what would you like to look at? I'd like to look at information technology plans, for example. And so um, each plan is then assigned to a requisite number of judges. Usually that's a dozen out of a much larger pool. And so um, they score those plans within the four criteria accordingly. And so those who score the the best are going to be the ones that move on. So it's, it's very numerical at, at first. Um,
0: and and then, uh, then what happens in the second stage? Let's say you've advanced beyond that. Then, yeah. then, then how does it, the competition proceed?
1: Second stage, we ask for a little more information. Uh, the The first stage is basically that idea abstract, as I noted. The second stage is when we begin to ask them, Some core uh, financial questions, some core Ah. team questions, just you know a little more detail, of course, on on the other points that they touched on originally. But that's when it begins to flesh out a little more, and that's about a thousand words. And so that begins to look, you know, a little more like a a written business plan. I know some of them are are much much longer, but that's you know enough to go on, and so. It's a tough cut. We usually try to get it down to about 50 that advance to the next round. And it could be sp- split, spread somewhat unevenly across the categories. For example, um, life sciences, you know, things around healthcare, because they have much higher fund ratings and hurdles than other sectors. Oh, yeah. yeah, We don't yeah. often get as many and we don't often advance as many. Now, the ones that do advance are usually pretty darn good, but, you know, it might be, I'm just making this up out of, you know, a a pool of up to 50. There might be 10 in life sciences and 12, 13, 14 in the other three categories. Uh, We often think advanced manufacturing is a really cool category to be in because, you know, Wisconsin, at its core for many decades, has has been a manufacturing state, and we think there's going to be continued innovation there.
0: Yeah, well, well we, you you we... certainly you certainly will hope so, because, um, you know, I kind of I kind of rankle when people talk about the Rust Belt, to suggests that those of us here in the uh, upper Midwest and Great Lakes states are somehow just, you know, decaying and, you know, falling apart. And uh, I sure hate to see that because, uh, you know, there's a lot of innovation in manufacturing and um, we're going to need, all of us are going to need that kind of innovation going forward. So uh, why not build on that expertise that's already here, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree with you more that, you know, the rust Belt is a misnomer. And what we're seeing here is really a revolution in manufacturing. Uh, That um, continues. And, you know, really the companies that adopt uh, new ways, new technology are going to be the ones that survive and, and prosper. And their productivity will rise.
0: I agree with you. Well, hang on a second, Tom. I'm going to ask you to hold your thoughts. We need to take a quick break for station identification and a word from our wonderful sponsors. But stay tuned, folks. We will be right back with Tom Still from the Wisconsin Technology Council talking about especially the annual Wisconsin Governor's Business Plan Competition. This is Doris Nagel, and you're listening to the Savvy Entrepreneur Show. My guest this week is Tom Still from the Wisconsin Tech Council, and he's here with me today on a repeat visit, talking this week about the annual Wisconsin Governor's Business Plan competition, which has become quite a deal, I have to say, um, and uh, I think is pretty well known. So, Tom. Um, talk- the the competition and how um how it's similar to or maybe different from other uh, business plan and pitch competitions that are out there.
1: Well, as as we noted before the break, um, it is in stages. Uh, there's that 250 word stage, that a thousand word stage, then that's followed by uh, a pitch deck that has voiceover. In the final live presentation, so in essence, we we don't ask people to run before they can walk. Yeah, you know they they ease into it, and that I think that's uh, you know one of the very different things. I think the amount of uh, mentoring they can get over time, the exposure to other entrepreneurs such as themselves. For example, in this year's contest, uh, we'll have what we call a boot camp.
0: Uh, that will be held,
1: uh, yeah, it'll be held February 22nd in Milwaukee. Uh, the Reinhardt Burner Firm is going to allow us to use their office for that. And it's a chance for entrepreneurs to pitch among themselves a little bit, but learn from experts. You know, people who, for example, uh, one of the presenters will be the winner of the 2022 contest, uh. Paige Peters uh, from Rapid Radicals Technology. Um, they will also hear from an investor and just others who just on the on the logistics of writing a good uh, business plan, and and again they get to meet themselves. And, and you you said this at the outset: being an entrepreneur can be a really lonely sort of endeavor. If if you know that there are others out there who kind of, kind of look and think and act like you, it's less lonely.
0: You know, it's interesting you say that. I my sense is that. This competition is probably one of the more collaborative ones. I mean, I mean, yes, people are still competing to be a winner and maybe take away some money, but uh, my sense has been, having interviewed a number of the past competitors and talked to people who didn't want to be a guest on the show, but were still happy to just chat about their experience. You know, they're always looking to connect with each other, uh, even after the competition is over. And, you know, I I just get the sense that it's a very supportive kind of process, Mm -hmm. as opposed to something that's a a little more maybe cutthroat. I don't want to say cutthroat. but, (laughs) but, But, you know, it's less about winning and more about learning, maybe. I don't know. We try try to
1: make it that. Yeah, it makes that's a that's well put. And we try to make it that way because, you know, there can only be so many winners at the end of the day. And there are a lot more who take part and hopefully do learn from themselves and others. Uh, For example, this boot camp, one exercise that I like to run is uh, I call it the light bulb exercise. (laughs) And I give I give. Each of the participants, uh, a different colored little plastic light bulb that actually acts as a, it's also a pencil sharpener. And so, yeah, so during it's, so it's like green for business services, yellow for advanced manufacturing, blue for IT, red for life sciences. And, and we match them up with somebody else with a different colored light bulb. So if you're a red light bulb, you talk to a blue light bulb, for example and so they get to the pitch to one another so that takes away some of that competitiveness right there
0: yeah right
1: you know they're all starting out in different categories and so right. it's it's you know it's there's a lot of things we do to try to make it more more you know learning than just simply competing i mean there is a competition side of course but we want it to be something that's supportive
0: well we've touched on some of the successes from past years um yeah. talk about you know some of the you know some of the successes that from your perspective and how they've helped build the Wisconsin ecosystem and um you know create jobs or stimulate other new ideas out there
1: sure sure i mean a few examples i can think of uh, just recently we we held a webinar on how to enter the contest. And uh, one of the people we had on, on board for that was Justin Justin uh, uh, Overbeck uh, from HeyGov, which is a Sturgeon Bay-based company. And they do things to, to basically kind of, uh, you know, help automate municipal services. Um, and so he talked about the contest, what it meant to him, you know, where they are now versus where they were. It's basically like a five-time uh, increase in customers. Wow. When, you know, from a year ago when they entered to now. Um, no, I'm not saying we we deserve any or all of the credit for that, uh, you know. Other uh, than we you
0: know, but sometimes it's a little help in hand. You just never know where that's going to lead you.
1: Yeah, we we just helped ride the platform and some of the exposure and, uh, you know, he's a good example on that chicken and egg side uh, in, that you referenced earlier. I mean, just a natural presenter, uh, very uh, you know, believable plan, uh, well explained. Uh, and so you know, that was good to see see where they've been. So that's uh, that's one example. Um, another, I mean, just going back in time, and this illustrates that you can enter multiple times, uh, into the contest without feeling like you're, you know, just batting your head against the wall. Uh, Janet Phillips uh, is uh, somebody who entered uh, the first time. I mean, this goes back to the mid-2000s. Uh, her company is called Vector Surgical. Entered the first time, I think she made it in the top 50. Second time in, as it was a finalist. Third time won it all. She has customers around the world in 50 states now. Wow. So that's a good one. Uh agility Medical, Nick Von Bergen. He won in 2021. He raised three and a half million last year alone. So they're doing well. That's a medical company, as you might imagine. Yeah. Rapid Radicals, I discussed a little bit. Revolution EHR, that's Scott Jens. Electronic health record company that's used by optometrists pretty exclusively. And so they've uh they've gone on to to grow and And employees and revenue and actually spawned a couple more startups.
0: That is really inspiring. And, um, you know, I know, in fact, doing a little research on a few of these companies looking for guests on the show. You know, a lot of them have gotten some really great PR. I sought out these people because I knew they would be great guests on the show and have an interesting story to tell and be very articulate on their feet and to a guess they have been. So I'm one example, but um, yeah. you know, in looking for some of those folks and doing a little research um, it's just amazing how much great uh, press coverage that a lot of them have gotten from all over the state and um, you know, from, from the media in Milwaukee and even Chicago. So, um, sure. you know, I think that's a real advantage of the competition as well.
1: Oh, it definitely is. I mean, it sometimes starts with people like yourself who understand what you know. What's a good, compelling kind of entrepreneurship story? Uh, but you know, they're all most of the people who go, do well in the contest are pretty good salespeople. Yeah, you know, they, they yep. they're not shy about reaching out, and and uh, they do have good stories to tell. And uh, you know, sometimes it's it's a story. The first at first glance, you think you might think, well, how is that going to sell? But right. when they talk about it, all of a sudden, you know, a light can come on yep. and uh, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty instructive.
0: It's inspiring for sure. You know, I'm sure there's a few people out there who are listening and thinking, well, that sounds kind of cool, but I don't know if I'm ready yet. or I'm not sure my idea is cool enough. What do you, what do you tell those people? Should they throw their head in or not?
1: I, I generally tell them to throw their head in. You know, it's it's designed for people who, in a way, don't think they're ready for people who maybe have their business plan on a napkin from, (laughs) you know, a restaurant or something. And they it it, they're really, you know, a great aha moment, but they're not sure where to go with it. Uh And the contest kind of walks it, walks them through it. And so, you know, if you just start with 250 words and you just sit back and think of that. Again, 250 or so well-chosen words, but you know, somebody who's got this great aha moment or idea that they've been kept in their desk drawer for a year or more, um, I, I encourage them to enter because how else are they going to really get started than to get started?
0: Yeah, so this isn't just for people who have a healthy list of customers and a Full-fledged right. business plan and a couple of employees. And this is for people even who just have what they think is a great idea but are not quite sure what to do with it next.
1: That's exactly right. In fact, the the real strong majority of them are exactly in that category. They, they don't really have a team yet. They don't have customers yet. They're pre-revenue. You know, it may be only them and, uh, you know, Uncle Joe or, <laughs> you know. They're
0: their they're college roommate or whatever, right?
1: Absolutely. And uh, we've we've seen a lot of that. And, um, you know, when when you you uh, you talked about Novo Moto earlier, well, those are two, you know, college students and, and engineering sequence at uh, UW Madison.
0: Yeah. They just had an, they just knew they wanted to help. Yeah. And, um, some idea of maybe how they might, but not sure what to do with it. And look, yeah. look where it's taken them amazing! Yeah, um, and, you know, oh,
1: and it sorry, gets back to something, oh, yeah, it gets back to something we talked about the more that money limit that is also doubles in a way as us not wanting, you know, companies that are mature to the point where they've got its big edge on everybody else. Or that uh, maybe it's not necessarily you know right for them. Maybe there's not much we can do to help them. So yeah. uh, there are things that uh, you know that that really point to those people who think who would say, oh, "I'm not ready yet." Well, you'll never be ready unless you start, and this is a good way to start.
0: Well, great. That that's that, Those are great words, and I hope that encourages a person or two that may be sitting on the fence to go ahead and apply. And and um, you know, for folks who are listening in, maybe getting uh, just a little inside information here, um, I'd love your thoughts on what makes people tends to make the entrepreneurs most successful in this competition, or the flip side, maybe some of the most common mistakes that people should think about and give themselves maybe the best chance of making sure their idea is is heard and advances in the competition?
1: Well, let me start with some of those most common mistakes. Don't use a lot of jargon. You know, every industry, technology is no exception, has jargon around it that most people don't you know, necessarily understand or acronyms that people don't necessarily understand. And when you're dealing with judges at the outset, trying to make it as clear as possible, focus on the step you're in. So the 250 words, stay focused there, and then worry about what happens to the 1,000 if you get that far. And don't think that, and and this is a really great point that uh, Justin Overbeck made the other day, don't assume that the judges remo- remember your plan from one stage to another. And the reason, uh-huh. you know, and that's true for, several reasons the least the you know the most obvious of which is we rotate judges <laughs> we ah yeah. yeah right yeah you know, we want to make sure that as many pairs of eyeballs get on these plans as possible so that's um some things that i think that are that are important i think another big mistake is when people say they have no competition there's always competition out there even if it's the market not knowing that it's ready for it yet. Consumer inaction is is competition.
0: Yes, good point. Very good point. And sometimes competition is not necessarily somebody who's doing exactly what you're doing. It's really thinking about it more holistically in terms of what pain points are you solving for which customers and how else might those pain points be addressed, which it could be something quite different than what you're proposing, right?
1: Correct, correct. And, and you know, there's something validating that, that, to know that other people are out there working, you know, working on something that might be somewhat similar. Something else that I think is good is if the judges get a sense of passion out of what is written or later on presented. If they know that you're going to be passionate about getting it done, I, th- I think that's important take the advice you might get during the contest and, and at least consider it and make some changes if you think it's right to do. Because you know entrepreneurship really is a learning process as it goes along.
0: It is an iterative process. And I can't tell you the number of entrepreneurs I've had on my show who have talked about the numerous pivots that they've made. And knowing when to pivot and how to pivot is a whole Hard form in and of itself, but you have to be open to different ideas and feedback that you get along the way. Absolutely. Well, I, we're just about out of time. Tom, it's been a delight having you back on the show. So thanks again for sharing with listeners a little bit about the annual Wisconsin Governor's Business Plan Competition. Once again, remind folks of the deadline and how they can find more information.
1: Absolutely. The deadline is just anytime before the end of the day on January 31st, so about a week from now. The information is at uh, GovsBizPlanContest.com, so G-O-V-S-B-I-Z-Contest.com. All kinds of tools and things in there that you can avail yourself of. You know, another thing about this is try to think of the contest as a port of entry for yourself. If you're an entrepreneur, we have so many other events where people can learn the Entrepreneurs Conference, or the Early Stage Symposium, the Tech Summit. Once you're inside, you can kind of stay inside and track these kinds of activities and and people that you need to know.
0: That is great advice. One last question for you too: I, if folks are interested in the Wisconsin Tech Council and some of the other many wonderful programs you have, what's the best way for them to learn and connect and get involved?
1: Our website is WisconsinTechnologyCouncil.com. That's C-O-U-N-C-I-L.com. Kind of a long URL, but we we had to go that way early on. Um, but that's the great source of information. We have a newsroom. You can see our board of directors. You can see all the events that are coming up. And, uh, you know, if you just look in there, you can actually sign up for our newsletter, which is the Tech Council Current. And that comes out basically every week.
0: Yep. And I signed up for it and I'm glad I did. I would encourage folks to do just that. It's a very well done publication and a great way to keep on top of lots of entrepreneurial doings in the ecosystem in Wisconsin and the area. Tom, thanks again for being on the show. It was really a delight having you back and uh, really appreciate your time.
1: Uh, thank you, Doris. And thanks to all the listeners for a savvy entrepreneur. It's a, it's a great show. Appreciate it.
0: Well, thank you for the kind words, Tom. And thank you again for being here with me today. In the few minutes we have left today, I thought I'd share a few thoughts that um, I saw recently from LinkedIn contributors. I actually enjoy LinkedIn less and less these days. I find it not very useful anymore. It seems to me, at least personally, mostly populated with lots of self-congratulatory messages, reposts of other people's articles without adding anything interesting, and way too many non-thoughtful political opinions being dropped Often when they're not even really called for. And I I find all of that quite tiresome. Uh, LinkedIn is a valuable platform. And uh, as they say, even a blind squirrel finds a nut or two. That's what my mother always used to say. And she's right. And occasionally, if you do have the patience to scroll through things on LinkedIn, you will find some interesting things. And uh I thought I'd share with you this week just a couple of my curated interesting finds from LinkedIn. First, um I noticed researchers announced that the AI app ChatGPT, do you know about that, passed the final MBA exam at Wharton, one of America's premier MBA schools. Wow, you'd say interesting, but what does that have to do with us entrepreneurs? Well, I would argue plenty. First, AI, and specifically ChatGPT, are rapidly advancing in sophistication, and that, I think, and I'm sure of it, will lead to all sorts of cool business startup opportunities. Users claim that ChatGPT, even today, can do everything from generating pretty darn good drafts of blog articles, blog posts, and articles, even reviews, and soon I'm sure it will generate reports with all kinds of fancy graphics and charts. Chat GPT, they say, is remarkably adept at responding to human suggestions or hints. And that also means not only will there be business opportunities, but existing businesses really need to look at their existing workforces and your and their offerings and determine how they might get ahead of the curve to incorporate ChatGPT and other AI apps to make their offerings maybe less expensive, maybe more frequent, um, to add bells and whistles and add value to customers. Maybe it means training workers on how to deploy the app effectively, or even training or preparing them to do other kinds of work if that's the work they're doing now. Another poster uh, in other news shared a poll that workers are even more actively disengaged than ever before, and they do define what that means. But the poll found that a mere 32%, less than a third of workers, were actively engaged in their workplace, and nearly 20% were actively disengaged. Well, no matter how you define it, that's not very good, and I guess given the economy, that's not terribly hard to understand, but poll respondents apparently cited poor communication, changing mandates around remote work, that one I definitely have heard, and potential layoffs as reasons for disengagement. You know, I think many workers thought work might fundamentally change because of COVID and stay-at-home and remote working and all the productivity, it offered us a glimpse of vision of how work in the future could fundamentally change. But in my experience, especially the large companies and offices, and also frankly those who are managed by people who have trouble with change, and that's a lot of us, honestly, let's look in the mirror, COVID was just a blip on the way to companies heading back to where things were before and that's pretty disenchanting i'm sure to a lot of workers but it's it's definitely a warning especially for small businesses you simply cannot afford as a small business person I, i'm not sure big companies can afford it either but it's certainly very blatantly obvious if you have a third of your workforce disengaged your business lifeblood you're Future of your business depends on them being not just actively engaged, but really motivated and super engaged. So, what's an entrepreneur or small business owner to do? Well, fortunately, unlike most people who just post, repost articles, this poster—and hats off to an individual named Richard Orbe Austin—I don't know him, but he's somebody. I, he seems like I would like to know offers some what I think is fantastic advice. And it boils down to engage more, lots more, with your employees. He has three suggestions specifically. First, treat employees with kindness and respect, he says. Sincerely ask how they're doing. Honor their boundaries. Don't yell at them or berate them. Listen to them and express gratitude for their work. Wow, that's simple stuff. You'd think it would be pretty easy to be a human being. And yet, when I worked for an organization, it it didn't seem like much of this happened. And I'm sure those of you who have worked in uh, many companies listening are probably thinking that doesn't sound like the companies I worked for either. I would guess that expressing gratitude for employees' work is in short of supply. It certainly was in past jobs I had in organizations And, and, you know, I think it comes down to a lot of employers deep down still have this notion, employees really should be grateful for a job. It's hard to hide that dissonance. And when it rears its ugly head, it really rubs a lot of people the wrong way. And I think that's especially true of younger workers. His second suggestion is to have more one-on-one conversations don't just check in on projects, schedule one-on-ones, f- even 15 minutes and sincerely engage them in how they're feeling and how they feel you might be able to help or what they need help with. And, uh, you know, he felt it, that this just doesn't happen often enough. Third, he says, train and coach leaders on how to increase psychological safety, cultural competence, kindness, kindness equity and inclusion, and empathetic communication. I guess he means in part active listening. And unengaged employees are the way they are because they don't feel respected and they don't trust management. They don't feel safe being honest about their feelings and they don't feel valued. And I think a lot of us have had jobs where we felt that way. Again, you would think this is easy, but, but not so much. The fourth suggestion he has is increase wellness and engagement activities and reduce long, useless meetings. Well, here here for that last one, especially way too many meetings in most organizations that have no point. People really need to have training on how to use meetings effectively because, wow, so many hours of my life, I'll never get back. He says engagement activities could be retreats, maybe yoga sessions, brown bag lunches, outings that are not mandatory. There's all kinds of ideas, I'm sure. And all of it, you know, sounds really basic. But again, I've worked in many places that never did much of this, and I'm sure lots of you listening have as well. So that means if you're the founder or part of the management team, work hard, keep working hard at creating a culture that sounds and acts like this, to help keep your employees engaged because you need them. Now, one last thing before I sign off. This station, just like NPR and PBS, is a nonprofit and it is supported by generous sponsors and individual donors who are listeners just like you. If you're enjoying the programming here at WLCB, I encourage you to consider becoming a station sponsor or an individual donor. Just click on the Donate button on the station website at www.lakesradio.org. And if you'd like to consider becoming a sponsor and have your organization featured on spots during our programming, just fill out the Contact Us form on the website. Believe me, your donations will make a difference in our programming, so please consider donating or being a sponsor. That's a wrap for this week. Thanks to all my listeners. You're the reason I do this. Do you have any comments or questions, you have uh, a suggested guest, you have something that you think would be a great topic, by all means, reach out to me at dnagel, N-A-G-E-L, at thesavvyentrepreneur.org. You'll always get a response back from me. Uh, reach out even if you just want to shoot the breeze. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can check out my website, which is thesavvyentrepreneur.org. There's a growing list of free information, blogs, tools, podcasts, and other resources. Now, be sure to join me again next Saturday at 11 a.m. Central, noon Eastern, and I'll have another great guest. But until then, I'm Doris Nagel, wishing all of you happy entrepreneuring.